Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, April 29th, 2021. One day after the president laid out his big, ambitious economic agenda, now the work begins. We'll discuss that, plus the president kicks off a tour to boost support for that agenda in some familiar places. And finally, the path forward on police reform. Last night, President Biden went up to Capitol Hill and laid out his agenda for the future of the country's economy, where, in his vision, big government is a solution, not a barrier to progress. He said his plan will uplift the working class in this country and begin to build and grow this economy from the bottom and middle out. These are good-paying jobs that can't be outsourced. Nearly 90% of the infrastructure jobs created in the American Jobs Plan do not require a college degree. 75% don't require an associate's degree. The American Jobs Plan is a blue-collar blueprint to build America. That's what it is. Those words right there were clearly targeted not just at Joe Biden's base voters, but also a clear appeal to some of the white working-class voters in this country who supported his opponent, Donald Trump. Biden also argued that his plan is a necessary investment not only because of what's happening at home, but in order to compete globally. He hammered the idea of democracy versus autocracy as defining challenge for the century and as a central organizing principle for his administration, specifically in the global competition with China. But in total, his plans will add up to trillions of dollars in new spending. So now the hard part begins, passing this plan into law. And the economy seems to be feeling a bit of a Biden bump at the moment. The Commerce Department reporting that the economy grew at a rate of 6.4 percent in the first quarter of this year, the biggest growth since 1984. And yet there was condemnation from both sides of the aisle about the price tag of the president's plans. Take a listen to Republican Mitch McConnell and Democrat Joe Manchin. And the president talked about unity and togetherness while reading off a multi-trillion dollar shopping list that was neither designed nor intended to earn bipartisan buy-in. We need to pay for it. We do. $4 billion a day. Our debt accumulates at an average of $4 billion a day. Now, that's not sustainable. In anybody's book, it's not sustainable. A big chunk of the opposition to the $4 trillion spending plan that President Biden would like to sign into law stems mostly from his intention to pay for it by raising taxes on the wealthiest Americans and on corporations. Republicans, almost in unison last night, tried to frame the plan as a wish list for progressive policies and that the president is sort of sneaking in those policies under this umbrella of infrastructure. However, President Biden is betting on the fact that America has shifted and sees the good government can do in this time of the pandemic. One thing the president made clear last night is he knows this is going to require negotiation. He's not going to get every item he wants that he has proposed in these packages. He's willing to work with Congress, he said. Now we'll see whether or not Republicans and even some of those moderate Democrats are willing to truly come to the table and work with him to see something across the finish line. Now, here's what else matters today. President Biden is hitting the road to mark his 100 days in office. He's heading to the state of Georgia to kick off a push to sell this ambitious and expensive new economic plan. 
And this roadshow comes after limited travel as president due to the pandemic. Today, he'll have a drive-in rally near Atlanta, and he'll make campaign-style stops in Pennsylvania and Virginia in the coming days. It's part victory lap, part sales pitch. He will certainly talk about the successes of getting shots in arms, more than 200 million of them in his first 100 days, as well as distributing those stimulus checks, those relief checks from the Recovery Act. But it is also an opportunity for him to truly pitch this transformational approach to the American economy. And the fact that President Biden is beginning this tour in Georgia is clearly no accident. It was a critical state that he flipped from red to blue in order to win the White House. And, of course, in probably the most consequential election of 2020, it is where two Democratic senators were elected in order to give a slim Democratic majority in the United States Senate for Joe Biden to work with. The big question out there in the months ahead, can Joe Biden take the popularity his proposals have out in the country and translate that into actual votes for the plans in the United States Congress. That is going to be no easy feat. And finally today, when Senator Tim Scott delivered the Republican response to President Biden's joint address to Congress last night, he argued that, quote, America is not a racist country. This morning, Vice President Kamala Harris agreed with Senator Scott that the United States is not a racist country, but added that the nation has a history of racism that cannot be overlooked. No, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its existence today. And it is with that backdrop that Tim Scott continues to negotiate with his Democratic counterparts, Cory Booker in the Senate, Karen Bass in the House of Representatives, on the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Members of Floyd's family met with senators today, including Senator Scott, and there was a bipartisan meeting on a path forward with both sides showing some optimism about getting this done. President Biden said in his speech last night that he would like to sign that George Floyd Justice and Policing Act into law by May 25th the anniversary of George Floyd's death. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.